Constructed Criticism is sponsored by Oasis Games. MTGOasis.com is the place to get cards for your next Magic event. Try them out with code CCMTG for 15% off of your first order, and use the code Would That Be Good for 4% off of every order. Want to support the show directly? Head on over to patreon.com slash ccmtg to check out some awesome benefits and future goals for the show. Thanks for listening, and here's this week's episode of Constructed Criticism. Hello everybody and welcome to the Constructed Criticism YouTube channel. I'm Spencer. This is another Quest for 10 video. Today we're going to be talking about Esper Control. It's like the last deck on the Quest for 10 if I'm not mistaken. Maybe we haven't done one, but we're pretty close. So the Quest for 10 is my goal to get 10 wins with every major deck in standard. Um, and a major deck kind of qualifies in its own way. If you're a patron of Constructed Criticism, you can go to patreon.com slash ccmtg, get access to the Google Doc where the, the decks that are qualified are actually listed there, as well as the notes along with my quest. So uh, this week we're going to be doing uh, Esper Control. Esper Control qualified by having a ton of top eights and just being one of the best decks in standard. Uh, you know, the, the deck put up early results and just kind of has never slowed down. A lot of people are huge fans of the deck. Uh, you know, this deck probably has more supporters than something like Jeskai Control last season ever did. And Jeskai Control was my favorite deck last season. So it's got a huge amount of support and a lot of people uh, tuning the deck, working on it, trying to figure out how to best do things. So let's kind of go over my final list. So as we can see on the screen, we have four Absorb, one Cast Down, four Chemistry's Insight, two Cry of the Canarium, four Dram Catacombs, four Glacial Fortress, four Godless Shrine, uh, we have four Hollowed Fountain, one Island, four Isolated Chapel, one Ixalan's Binding, three Kaya's Wrath, two Moment of Craving, three Mortify, two Negate, one Search for Iskanta, one Swamp, two Syncopate, four Teferi, uh, four, uh, one Eldritch Reborn, two Thought Erasure, two Vraska's Contempt, and four Watery Grave. Our sideboard consists of two more Cast Down, three Duress, two Hostage Taker, one Kaya's Wrath, two Lyra, one more Eldritch Reborn, and four Thief of Sanity. So let's talk about the main deck really quick. So the first thing that you'll notice is we have 26 lands. I think that between Search for Ascanta and the you know the two mana discard spells, I think that you don't need 27 lands in this deck. And honestly, you kind of need a density of cards in your deck to win a lot of the games that you play. So 26 has been totally okay. Um, obviously. Uh, one of the things that could be missing here is a second Search for Iskanta because we're playing 26. It's entirely possible they actually do want the, the Search for Iskantas as well. Uh, so maybe cutting like a Syncopate could be something. If you're having trouble with 26 lands, you want a little bit more density in your deck of spells. A second Search for Iskanta could solve any problems that you have with the mana base. The thing about the mana base, though, that you'll notice is I don't have any spell lands in the deck. Uh, one of the reasons for this is the mana in this deck is actually quite bad. I don't really care what anybody says. Uh, most of the games, if not all the games you lose, are to your mana. Um, because when you hit your mana, and your mana works perfectly, you have the best spells, you have answers to everything, and you just don't lose the game. So, for me, I, it's not really worth it to play extra tap lands to make my other lands come into play tap, to lose percentage points in matchups, when I'm just going to win games where I can cast my spells, so I want my mana to be the best that it can be. So I'm not going to play any colorless lands, I'm not going to play Fill of Rune, I'm not going to play Arch, I'm not going to play tap lands like Memorial Genius. I think that this deck just wins by just being having better cards than your opponent, so having a bunch of lands that actually weak, I think actually weakens your matchup if they're not casting your spells on time. And for that reason, I don't think you should play any. Kind of next up we have how the deck wins. So usually the deck wins by your opponent conceding in game one. Uh, usually your opponent concedes long before you actually have the win locked up. However, if that doesn't happen, you're typically winning through Teferi Ultimates. Uh, but more often than not, for me, it's actually just been whatever I get back 
from an eldest reborn. Now, obviously, that doesn't happen in the, the mirror. The mirror is a little bit more difficult to navigate, but for the most part, that's how you're going to win games of magic. You're going to find something sweet with a eldest reborn, you're going to get it back, and you're going to kill your opponent with it because you just answer everything else that they've done. And sometimes that thing is, you know, a, a Veraska or whatever. Um, but, you know, sometimes it's just like a 3 3. Sometimes it's like, a, you know, a, a Carnage Tyrant. Usually you win with the thing you come back from Eldritch Reborn, but even that sometimes just happens after a Teferi Ultimate. And so understanding that that's how you're going to win game one is pretty important. Another thing that you can do that I don't have in this main deck that makes it way, way, way easier. You see that it play like a Karn or a Kaya, so that once you have that Teferi ultimate, you just like start making tokens or just or just uh, winning through through the the uh, the Kayas. Uh, so that that makes game one a lot easier, and you could certainly cut the Eldest Reborn to do something like that. Uh, the next thing that I kind of want to talk about is the key cards. So the first thing you'll notice is I'm playing Syncopate and I'm playing Four uh, Absorb and I'm playing Tuna Gate. I actually think that this deck, uh, despite what a lot of people are doing, you know, which is playing as many discard spells as possible and things like that, or and playing very, very few counter spells, uh, I've seen lists that play only three absorbs. I think that's wrong. I think that this deck is a reactive deck. I think that Syncopate is quite good in the deck, and I think that you should be playing uh, as many counter spells as possible. In fact, my win percentage was actually pretty low before I added the Syncopates to the deck, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, once I changed the list... Uh, I, I I guess I only went two one after I changed the list in the in the notes, but I kept playing the deck and got I think three or four additional wins right after that. After I started playing this list, so my win percentage with this list is much better than my win percentage without the syncopates, and I think that they're very important and also really good in the mirror match and against some of the uh, some of the decks that you might run into like Team of Reclamation and stuff like that. I think the next card that I want to talk about that. I actually changed my mind on uh, when I, st I started playing more Kyat Cry of the Carnarium. Cry in the main deck is actually pretty good in this metagame. Uh, it deals with a lot of hard uh, hard starts from your opponent to deal with because your mana is so bad and so painful at times against the aggro decks that just having a couple of these in the main deck is actually really helpful and something that I would highly recommend that you try out. Cry of the Carnarium in the main deck has changed matchups significantly uh, and just made it so that I don't just auto-fold to some starts from certain decks when my mana isn't cooperating in the way that I would like it to. Not to say that Casting a black buck one card on turn three isn't difficult on your mana to begin with, but it also punishes your opponent for pressing you into that mana situation. So when they're overextending into a cry of the carnarium, you get to punish them for it. And that's really important. And then the key card number three that I would say is Absorb. Um, this card, I've tried three of it. I've tried four of it. I think the card's just good. I think that it is just a, something that you should have before. Obviously, I'm higher on counter spells. I actually moved things from my sideboard to put more counter spells in my main deck, things like that. And I'm a pretty big fan of it. I think that you should be playing the full four absorbs. Hard counters are really important in this metagame, and absorb is the best one. The next thing that we should probably talk about is the sideboard. Uh, as we kind of saw, we have the extra Eldritch Reborn, the two cast down, the Caius Wrath, the Duress, the Thief of Sanity, the Hostage Taker. You get to transform into kind of an Esper midrange deck in certain matchups, or just increase your density of threats in the control mirror and stuff like that. Uh, I'm a big fan of the sideboard. The only thing that I kind of like I said that I would consider changing from the list that I ended up on is maybe adding a Kaya somewhere in the 75. 
that card's been really good against me, and I have played lists with it uh, with Matt Kling when we were play- when he was playing the deck and uh, in the list that he loaded up, and I've been a pretty big fan of it. So maybe something like cutting the Eldritch Reborn from from the main for Akaya kind of just increases your density of the things that you can do, the things that you can beat, the speed in which you can win games and stuff like that. But the cyborg overall is really good. I really like the Lyras. The four Thief of Sanity is really great because I moved the negates to the main deck. I added extra cyborg slots. You know, the three to rest just kind of MVP, and then the extra cast-downs for things like Gruul and where you need to kill large creatures is really important. And then your de- main deck obviously has tons of great answers, right? You have the Verasca's Contempt and the Ixalan's Binding. You have the Mortifies. You have things that deal with threats, and then you kind of get free wins from things from different things. Like the Ixalan's Binding has won me a lot of games, but Verasca's Contempt wouldn't, and I highly recommend trying that out. The Cyborg is pretty straightforward. Again, in certain decks, you're going to board in things like Hostage, Take Out, Thief, Sanity, and Lyra, uh, or Eldritch Reborn to try and become more of a mid-range deck, uh, maybe against something like a control deck, or maybe bring in Thief of Sanity against people that board out their removal spells against you. Kind of stuff like that. Against aggro decks, um, I'm going to be honest, you're just trying to board in Lyra, Kaya's Wrath, Cast Down, and beat them. You have a lot of main deck answers to try and win those game ones, right? We have those main deck Cry of the Carnams, we have those... Uh, main deck moment of cravings. So your aggro matchup in game one, you're actually pretty far ahead. Uh, and then kind of in, in game two against something like Simic Nexus, you're trying to figure out how many removal spells you can leave in to try and beat them. Because they're going to board in things like Ooze or like Mystic. And they're going to have things like uh, the Hydroid Kratos and stuff like that. So you have to make sure that you leave in enough removal to beat them while also making sure that you are being their immediate game plan, their game plan to beat you. And and that's something to remember when you're sideboarding with this deck specifically. So my record overall with Esper in the quest was, I think, 10-5. and 5. I immediately, I think, won three or four matches right after this uh, with, with the final list. And I tried a ton of lists in this deck. And the things that we really learned, I, I kind of mentioned at the beginning, is just your mana is really bad. And your mana is really bad with really good mana. The thing is, is that it's not that your mana is horrible. It's that your your deck is consistent of car, consists of cards at lots of different mana costs, right? Moment of Craving, Cry of the Carnarium, uh, you know, Absorb. There's just so many double-colored spells or hard-to-cast spells in the deck. Mortify my texture mana in a certain way, things like that. That the mana, the mana is rough, and that's why I don't think it's correct to play spell lands. The mono blue matchup is one that I think that we should talk about. I'm not sure who's favored because I've won from both sides, and I also have felt not favored from both sides because I've lost from both sides too, and I I honestly don't know which side is is favored. I know some people think it's Mono Blue. I know some people think it's Esper. Uh, I think that, honestly, it's just whoever understands the matchup and what their hand consists of and how the game's going to play out is going to be more favored in the end. So having a plan in that matchup is really important. And then I would also say that the deck is better than my record, which is, you know, funny. Like, 66% during the quest is pretty good. People should say, people, it was funny because I actually posted this on Twitter. People were like, you won 66% of your games. I don't think you complain. But it's like, well, I, I think that I'm better than 66% on Arena. Maybe I'm not. And I think that the deck itself is a little bit better than that. Uh, I, I do think that the deck, uh, you know, as it progressed, got a little bit better. Some changes were worse than others. But overall, I think that Esper Control was something that I'm glad that I tried out. I don't know that I like it that much as a deck. It uh, it feels like a curve-out control deck, which kind of sounds weird, right? Like, I play lots of curve-out decks, right? I, I like aggressive mid-range decks, and those decks curve out a lot, but I don't like it as much in the control strategies. Uh, I 
I really like the flexibility and the aggressive game plans that something like Crackling Drake gave you in Jessica Control, and this game just doesn't have that option. I don't get to pick when to turn the corner. In fact, the main deck just doesn't get to turn the corner, and that's something that a lot of people really enjoy, and I personally didn't. But that being said, the sideboard with this deck is really fun, right? You get to board in tons of creatures and really high-impact cards in a lot of matchups. So that's kind of it for my thoughts for this deck. I would recommend trying out Esper. I think it's fun. If you really enjoy pure control, this is definitely a deck for you. Thank you, everybody, so much for watching. Uh, go to patreon.com ccmtg to get access to the notes for, for the Quest for 10. And don't forget that you can join along, too. There are lists. There are things available. And I would love to see people joining along in my Quest for 10 and yours as well. So thank you, everybody, so much. And we'll see you guys all next week with another video on the Constructed Criticism Network.